Just when I thought things couldn't possibly get any worse, they did just that. Mud covered me, and not the kind you get at a spa. Lying on my belly, immersed in icy water, I am acutely aware that a mere five inches separate the top of my messy, mud-encrusted head from the razor-sharp wire. There's at least ten more feet to go of scooting on my elbows and knees before I reach the end of this obstacle. Spreading my legs wide, I try to get some traction on the soft, sodden ground, but there is really no simple way to get across the pit. The hard way seems to be the only way to do anything here at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, otherwise known as hell. Hell because of the constant lack of sleep. Hell because of the unwavering physical exertion. Hell because I am away from everything that's normal to me. And hell because I am completely head over heels in lust with an absolutely unattainable, sexy as hell drill sergeant who is hell bent on making sure there is no end to my suffering. Squatting next to me, he places his knees on either side of the wire covering my head. Leaning forward, he makes sure that he is close enough for me to smell his fresh scent of aftershave and soap. He is the best thing I have smelled in months, and being this close to him sends my whole body on alert. Although I'm convinced this tactic is meant to taunt me, I am unable to stop my immediate arousal just imagining him silently perusing my body. He makes sure I am aware that I am at his mercy here in this pit, just like everywhere else. And the irony of this whole messed up situation is that I crave being under his control. Ever since I first laid eyes on Drill Sergeant Thomas, I have craved his touch. This is the closest he has come to me this entire torturous eight weeks, save the calamity of my first day. He positions his crotch as near as possible to my face, prolonging my agony. Men who look like him know the effect they have on women. Exploiting my arousal, the sadist, he leans down where only I can hear him and tells me, You can do better than that. Spread your legs more. Exerting as much pressure as I can on my thighs and pelvis, I try to fulfill his request, but he is not yet satisfied. Wider, he insists. Pushing through the burning in my muscles, I give my very best effort to try to please him, but my legs begin to shake. Almost wide enough. His voice comes out silky smooth, teasing instead of screaming. If I was not covered in muck, I could probably come all over myself just hearing his voice tell me to spread my legs. He has had it out for me since the very first day. Forced to sit on cold, hard bleachers with all the other new recruits for who knows how long. A tactic I'm sure they utilize to keep us all on edge. I wondered how I'd got here in the first place. If not for my dad, a retired colonel, and grandpa, a World War II veteran, It never would have occurred to me to join the Army Reserves to help pay for art school. I stand up in an effort to distance myself from an overly friendly, blonde-haired farm boy from Wisconsin. Despite my attempts to broadcast not interested toward him, he leans into me with a dopey grin on his face for the third time, trying to brush my hand with his. At precisely the moment I cannot stand to sit there another second, I stand up.
A loud, booming voice fills the empty Bay Area, shouting, for all to hear, that I was not given permission to move. You will sit until I tell you to no longer do so. Then you will do the next thing I tell you to do. You will do that until I tell you to no longer do so. Do you understand me, Private Harris? Are you somehow exempt from doing the same thing everyone else here does? He questions. Thank God rhetorically. I sit back down next to Farm Boy and no longer try to move again. Stealing a glance in the direction of the loud booming voice, I am instantly mesmerized by his tan, chiseled, gorgeous face. His eyes are covered by reflective sunglasses, and I bet they are just as sexy as the rest of his face.